it's Sabrina Hahn and this episode is brought to you by our very dear mates at Bentonite WA who make very high-grade premium calcium bentonite clay, which is 100% West Australian owned and operated. So uh, you only need a very small amount, 3 to 6% in your garden bed. It's all through my garden bed. So check them out, bentoniteWA.com.au. Now, ladies and gentlemen, repeat after me. Sabrina's Dirty Deeds. <laughs> yeah. Sab, we're back. They didn't cut us off the air. No. They haven't booted us off Apple Podcasts. Week two. We're still here. Yeah, the Dirty we, Deeds continue. We haven't been censored. No. The Dirty Deeds, the, the name of our podcast, didn't bring in other people that had a different idea of what Dirty Deeds were all about. Well, it brings up a very weird kind of Google search result when you put it in. <laughs> I did a little homework before we started this up and I did it at work. That was a mistake. Um, so just be careful of that if you're playing yeah. at home. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. when we say Dirty Deeds, we're actually talking about dirt. That's it. Yeah, the stuff. The, the stuff. stuff that you play in in your backyard. Um, yeah, and we talked a little bit about that with your mate Hans yeah. uh, last week, who was fantastic. Great Love to meet Hans. him. Taught me heaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're a bit, yeah, I think you're a little bit too smitten with Hans. You're and getting jealous? What I'm saying is hands off Hans. Right, hands off. Hands off Hans. I don't know. I reckon there's a bit of a bromance brewing. <laughs> what do you reckon? Do you think well, he liked think... me as much as I liked him? No. Nah. Definitely not. Wow. Probably thought you were a complete dork. Really? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. I wouldn't persist with that friendship, Jamie. Did he, did he tell you that? <laughs> Have you had a little text from him since we saw him saying, hey, it was great to come on. Love being part of episode one. Some advice for you. Get rid of that bloke. Jamie's a dick. He stunk. <laughs> well, that's okay. I learn a lot off him. Yeah. And I'd like to go out with him and just get my hands dirty and see yep. some stuff and get him to point out things that I don't see. Yeah, which is probably the majority of the bushland. I don't know what I'm looking at. No. <laughs> but that's why we're bringing in these special guests. Yeah, that's Because they teach you stuff, they teach me stuff. Hopefully the people that are listening to the best podcast in the universe, mm -hmm. as in Dirty Deeds, this one. Jeez, this one. We've, we've hit the pinnacle just <laughs> early doors, haven't we? Like smack Bang. right into the pinnacle. Yeah. Um... They'll learn lots of stuff and look at, maybe go outside and look at it in a different light. That's it. Mm. Say some different things, learn mm. a little bit about what's going on and yep. uh, bring it into your own backyard to help out with things as well. Absolutely. Hey, you've been busy, uh, busy work-wise, but yes. also a bit of, bit of wedding planning going on, yeah, Sab. Yeah, yeah. So I've got two daughters yep. and one who's not quite cool. Because she didn't like the sting that we've put on the podcast. So well, I, the music's pretty intense, isn't it's, it? It's 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 ramming. It's like it's, ramming. <laughs> it's a ramming tune. Yeah. It gets you up and going. You see, you wanna you wanna do a little bit of jiving around your kitchen floor. Yeah. Um so I so Jess said I'm not a fan. Okay. And I said, Well, that's because you're not as cool as Jamie. I think that's a lie. I reckon Jess is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and I'm going to bat for her there. I mean, I am. I'm pretty up there. Yeah, you're, so you're it's cool. A it's a tough. You're cool. It's a tough battle. The one her. getting married is a bit cooler. Than me? No. Well, yes. well, she's a lot younger, so she probably is 
bit more not cooler, Jamie. Ouch. No, no, no. Okay. Um, a bit more hipster, right? Maybe. So she's getting married. A bit yeah. more hipster. Okay. Yeah, she's a bit more hipster. So um, maybe a bit of this music at the wedding. Well, I was thinking of some excellent moves that I could do on the dance floor hey. to our soundtrack. Right. I, I reckon Lucy would love it. Okay. She'd just go, Mum. That's that looks so fabulous. Can you teach us those moves? All right, we'll have to test it out. <laughs> at the wedding. Yeah, because I do love dancing. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Love okay. music. Love dancing. You'll dance anywhere. Yeah, anywhere. Up on a table. I've danced on bar tops. Have you? Yeah, but not as what you think I might be doing. No, just you know. Anything I'm for a free drink. <laughs> You know, just, well, yeah, when the moment takes you uh, in trees, danced in trees. You've danced in a tree. Yeah, you've got to be very careful How with that. How do you that. do that? Don't recommend that to the kiddies. Okay. Uh, you can't have any substance to this before you get, <laughs> get up that tree. Substances. Substances. That's, <laughs> that's the only way I can dance. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm too self-conscious. Oh, you're such a big boy. That is a man thing, isn't it? It is a man thing. One of the top three things about getting married is you don't have to dance for the purpose of meeting girls anymore. Because that's the only reason blokes dance. Yeah, but, but it looks pretty pathetic, I have to say. If yeah. I was young and, uh, you know, on the, on the market, if I Hello. looked at some bloke that just does that little shuffle with their shoulder and maybe move one foot and then the other. Yeah. I just go, you're lame. Forget really? It. Yeah. Okay. I'm a bit of a head down, just eyes up every now and again, just to make sure people are looking, <laughs> sway the hips, one leg forward. If I've had a few, I bring out a move I Ooh. call on the ropes Ooh. or the boxer, Ooh. Oh, which, yeah. I, which I crafted when I was 19. So tell me about on the ropes. Okay, then, Jamie. so it, it is it is literally how it sounds. You know when there's a boxer and he's on the ropes in the corner, yeah, yeah, and he kind yeah. of puts his hands up over oh, his yeah. head, and then he slowly just moves <laughs> and pivots in like a little circle oh, with, very- his, with his hips. So it's very it's a very uh, kind of gangster in a way. Really, very isn't gangster it? lends yeah. itself to uh, some some <laughs> urban style music. That's all I got. So if you want to use that one at the wedding, yeah. Oh. That's not my. I'm more of sort of flailing arms and legs everywhere. Okay. I like I like to d- incorporate the entire dance floor and take out at least two or three people. Okay, so like. if you're at the wedding <laughs> and you see Sab dancing, just give her a Move. clear berth and uh, all will be okay. Or if you see her in a tree, don't worry, she'll be careful. I'll be fine. Okay. I'll climb down. Look forward to getting some vision of that. Ah, it's, a, it's poetry in motion. I'm going to work on Jess to, to make sure that those videos get to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I share them with the world. Asab, uh, last week we met your good mate, Hans. Yes. Uh, this week you've got a couple more friends in here showing off. I, I have because they are the bestest ecologists in the universe. Love it. Now, the reason they're the bestest ecologists is because they know a lot of stuff. Right. But they're very passionate about what they do. Okay. But they actually talk about it in a way that makes people want to join them on the ecological journey but makes it accessible and easily understandable. Perfect. So I've got Mike and Mandy Bamford, the best ecologists in the universe, <laughs> who wow. are joining me today. Wow. So, And Jamie. G'day. Uh, hello. 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 What how, an introduction. How okay. wonderful to have you here. Oh, it's so, it's so lovely to be sitting here around your table. Well, I have to say that these guys have been very inspirational for me. How so? Over the years yeah. and years. 
um, because they made me realise just how important every single backyard or front yard is in the bigger picture. So that's what you've yes. given me. Oh, and, excellent. <laughs> and I brought you here so that you can make everyone else understand that. that wow. Well, that's, that's possible. Oh, look, it is. And it's, it's, the other thing is it's actually great fun. Yeah. So it's not, you know, there is that whole heavy side of, of, you know, we're all helping to save the planet. And that's true. But the other thing is it's just great to go out in your garden and see, I don't know, peacock spiders crawling around or, you know, the willy wagtail snaffling stuff off your porch. It's mm. just... Great I love fun. I love watching the um, wattle birds come and eat the the black house spiders from under the eaves of mm. the back veranda. Yeah, that's quite yep. entertaining for me. I don't know if that says something about you've you know <laughs> what I do on my weekends. Wow, yeah. you've watched a bird eat a spider. I watched lots of birds <laughs> really? eat spiders. Yeah. I'm not paying enough attention. <laughs> Man, that's, that's it's part hilarious. Of the- that's part of the thing about having a garden with wildlife in it. There's stuff to watch. Yeah. And, yeah, we get both wattlebird species in our garden because we have lots of spiders on the eaves in our garden because we don't um, get, rid, get rid of cobwebs. Because we're lazy, basically. We're lazy. Very yep. lazy. Great. Yeah. Best thing about being, you know, having a biodiverse garden is it's basically lazy gardening. So if I've got spiders, that means I'm going to get birds. Yes. Is, is that how this stuff kind of works? As long as you don't spray for spiders. Right. Because if you kill the spiders, the birds won't come. So it's actually okay to have these little things around? Everything. Yeah. Mm. I, I highly recommend never do house cleaning. <laughs> it's bad for the environment, house yeah. cleaning. Oh, it is. And, and the other thing is, you know, if you've got leaves with holes and chewed bits and things, that's actually really healthy. It's fabulous. Do, it's too, many of us, do too many of us chase that perfection, do you reckon, in our backyard? That we want all our plants to look perfect, we don't want the bugs around we want that kind of really sanitized environment yeah oh look i think that's yeah. true and it's it's basically a desert you know you can grow you know northern european plants or you know american plants and they might look beautiful they might have perfect leaves and but you stand there and it's silent there's absolutely nothing moving so it's a desert so it's much more fun if you've got stuff calling and flying past and chewing and you know that's that's well for me that's much more fun yeah. It's more interesting, it, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It, it, adds, it adds a real element to a garden that isn't there otherwise. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You can have, yes, Mandy's seeds. You can have the, the architectural garden or you can have some degree of a garden which is full of life. Mm. And the beauty of your bit of land in Australia is it's got an incredible geological history. And in a moment of time, you've got control over that little bit of land with that history. In and that little bit of time. Yeah, and it's your choice whether it's it's a patch of plastic lawn and, and palm trees or it's native plants and peacock spiders and wattle birds eating bigger spiders and yep. brown honey eaters. We had a brown honey eater nest in a bush about half a metre from our sort of family room window and we've been watching the chicks being fed the last oh, couple of weeks. That is so exciting. It is. You see it just like in an Attenborough movie. You see yeah. little orange, <laughs> orange mouths come up wavering around and the mum comes in and shoves food in it then it presents its backside and produces a blob of feces and mum yeah, grabs mum it and takes it off. away oh that sounds yeah. romantic doesn't it oh, oh look a blob like, of poo yeah yeah it's parents can relate i'm sure yeah, any, any parent can relate to <laughs> devotion required in that department be honest with me when you were watching that moment and uh you mentioned david attenborough were you just narrating in his voice in your head a little bit Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's really interesting about that? Every, I reckon 90% of the population love 
David Attenborough, his yeah. philosophy and what he does and what he's trying to do. However, in their own garden, they ignore all that because you can have a lot of those David Attenborough moments, perhaps not with polar bears or, you know, That's gonna gorillas. Great yeah. apes <laughs> or, but honestly, every single day I go out into my garden first thing in the morning and last thing at night just to observe what goes on. I never, ever, ever see the same thing ever. No, There's that's right. always something different. And I think there is that special thing about watching the common things. You know, there are, I mean, we're not really twitches, you know, we're not really the sort of obsessive bird watchers that Explain get helicopters twitches. to go into remote places to look People at rare birds. People know what twitches are, Mandy, so you have right. to explain it's not a condition. No, well. well it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are weird, but we're not, we're not no, no, like that weird. No, that's... So, look, it just it means twitchers are people who literally do hire helicopters to go and see a rare bird. They've got apps on their phone that tell them when things have been sighted and wow. they really will travel hours to see a rare species. Is it is it a competitive thing or is it just for the, their, their own enjoyment? Yeah, Depends. I reckon they Can shoot, shoot one another's helicopters down. I was going to say, it's like, oh, there's Brian. We're both on the on the same track to see this rare thing. I'm That's not going to let him get there first. You know, my life list is, you know, 700 <laughs> plus. And, you know, Mine's longer than yours. Yeah, sort of that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, I reckon there'd be a bit of that going on with the twitches, yeah. Yeah. definitely. That's the road I'd go down, just knowing my personality <laughs> type. So maybe I need to stay away from now. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned that, um, it's funny because you brought up that point of, you know, you love things like David Attenborough, uh, but we don't follow that philosophy mm. in our backyard. Is that just because... I don't know, as, as things have been passed down to us, a backyard and our own garden is just seen as a certain thing and maybe we haven't been exposed to what you can bring in um, that's a little more from that own area that you can you can build up, you can do things differently. Oh, I, yeah. I think... Oh, well, you go. <laughs> oh, after you. It's a mindset thing, isn't it? Right. Um, yeah, we watch an Attenborough movie or whatever and fantastic wildlife and we don't necessarily make that connection with our own lives and our own garden. And there are there are fashions in gardens, um, fashions in how houses are built, and that's we're sort of all a bit subject to that. So sometimes you have to break the mould and, and put something different in and suddenly make that link between your little bit of garden and bit of ground and the wildlife around it and what you can do to, to add, add value. Yeah. Landscape design in this era shits me right off. Right. So why, what's, what's right in vogue? <laughs> <laughs> now you've set her off. What's fashionable now that you don't like? I hate everything. The, I hate the fact that everything has to be in rows. Nature does not occur in rows. Doesn't it? It doesn't have a straight line. Okay. Uh-uh. That we're only using, you know, a lot of landscapers use four species. None of those species give back to nature. They're boring as batshit. Actually, batshit is really exciting. So that's a bad analogy. Um, so there's nothing there that creates life, that brings in life, that gives back to nature. There's no creativity in it. It's just shit. Rip it out. Go to a nursery. Ask people what will grow in your area. 
and create that. It doesn't take much, does it? No, it's, it's like no, simple. Yeah. No. And look, it doesn't yeah. even have to cost much no. because a lot of the plants that you grow that are local to your area are quite cheap to get or, you know, you can join a friend's group and, and share seeds and stuff. And then what happens is all those little local insects that recognise those plants all suddenly come into your garden and the birds yep. come in. We, we, had a, we were talking to a lady about native bees a few months ago and she hadn't, you know, just hadn't keyed in to native bees at all, you know. And yeah, huge numbers of species of these things. Anyway, she came back a few weeks later absolutely over the moon because she spotted some of these things in her garden. She'd put in a few of the right species and, and was boun- literally bouncing because of what she'd seen in this garden. And they're basically species that were been all around, probably had been in her garden before, but all of a sudden she was keyed in. And I think once you've switched that switch, mm. then... That's it. Your garden is that Attenborough garden. And whereas if you'd done that basic landscaping stuff, you wouldn't be seeing those sorts of things. Nothing wants to come because it's boring. Yeah. (laughs) You've got to give them something, right? (laughs) They're entertainment fiends. But, you know, the other thing is we live in an urban environment. Just because you live in an urban environment doesn't mean that there's not a whole lot of life out there. There's it's billowing with species not just in the sky but stuff that crawls that digs Mm. that burrows that you know if you make just a little bit of effort little bit of effort and don't use pesticides they're the big thing yeah absolutely because for every pest something's gonna eat it right i love (laughs) (laughs) oh Look, and even things like, you know, rodenticides, even that dead rat is still full of rodenticide. Mm. The insects that eat it are then toxic to your lizards and if a, an owl picks up the, the rat, that kills your owls and, of course, the owls are things that we're going to control the rats for you. Exactly. So, it's, yeah, no, if you can avoid the pesticides. it's Any pesticides. When you start thinking about the big circle, it gets a little scary, right? Thinking about the things that you just do off the yeah. cuff. Um, yeah. One thing that people might it might um, stop them from doing it is space. Do you need a lot of space to do stuff like this at your place? Of course not. You, you've got whatever space you have available is what you've got. And you can work at a different scale. If you've got a large garden, then you can have large trees, large bushes, you know, rockeries and such like. If you've got a balcony, you can have plant pots with native plants in, bits of dead wood with lizards in them. Um, just on a balcony five stories up, there'll still be stuff there. Uh, we were in. I can show off now. We were we were in 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 the US last year. Um, oh la Oh <laughs> Don't you know we were in U- US last year? Um, and I and, brought my passport with me. Yeah, <laughs> just just to show. <laughs> see. <laughs> um, yeah, and we were staying in Brooklyn, and even there was, cooler. Even cooler. Yeah, yeah. There were, there, were, there were streets in Brooklyn with three-story high terrace buildings, sort of shoulder to shoulder. Um, front gardens three meters wide and two meters deep, and there was bushes and squirrels and there were street trees that met over the top of the street with with birds in them and and there were raccoons checking out the rubbish tips at night and this is in a how many millions of people are in new, new york lots anyway yeah um, heaps, heaps of heaps, millions heaps. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you come home to perth and you go to a sterile street with every house a different shade of gray and plastic lawn and, and, and friggin' plane trees. Yeah, or if you're lucky. Um, yeah, so, but the opportunities with small amounts of space and the, we're now sort of facing this urban infill 
challenge. And some people are saying, oh, we're going to lose all the trees in our gardens. You don't have to lose trees in gardens um, when you do urban infill. And if you do lose the trees, you replace them with something smaller and more compact and maybe more useful, not a plane tree. <laughs> and, and that, of course, the other side of that coin is that you're not clearing primary native vegetation on the outskirts of Perth. I mean, remember the fuss about old-growth forest? Yep. We're losing old-growth forest for houses. Oh, that's a really interesting way to look at it. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So we, we care about it when it's kind of somewhere down south. When but it's somewhere down south, Not yes. so much yeah. when we want to subdivide our battle axe block and yep. cook some money out the back. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. that's a prime example of urban infill, the suburb I live in. They were all quarter-acre blocks divided up just post-Second World War. Um, and because of the size, just in my neighbourhood, we have lost 162 trees. So all those trees would have been planted just after the Second World War. Yep. So you're talking aged trees. Most of them were native trees. Um, gone. Mm. And there's three houses that now fill that block or 12 apartments. Yeah. And that's happening all around me. And I hear the birds that have lost their nesting or feeding site. Thankfully, they come to my place. Um, but that my place will not be enough. Mm. We, we, urban infill, if you, if you believe that urban infill is necessary rather than sprawl, which it is, we have to look at how we design and maintain green space areas in those housing developed areas. So how can we, but how can we do that? Yeah. Well, look, there are people starting to do roof gardens and wall gardens in native plants now. In Perth, there are people trialling those sorts. There are some demonstration areas you can look at in Perth now. It, it's possible to do. Our, yeah. our plants will do that. And the other thing is, do you really need a theatre room, a formal dining room, a lounge room, or would it be quite nice to have an outdoor room which happens to double as your garden? Are you suggesting that families actually meet in the one room? Look, I, I know mean, it's that's outrageous. It is a radical happening. suggestion, yeah. I know. That <laughs> is very radical. That they don't have their own bedroom, bathroom and theatre room, that they actually have to meet other members of the family and converse with them. Have you met my family? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I love them dearly. I didn't mean that. I love hanging out with them. I'm sorry, all of you. The only point of reference I have here, this is outside of my heading zone a little bit, so yeah. I'm all ears and learning, but uh, pubs. So two of my favourite pubs have massive trees in the middle of them and the yep. pubs built around it. Now, I know that's really expensive and probably not going to happen with your house, but how cool would that be? That is very cool and it's very doable. Is it? It's very doable. We, we have to, the big thing is, like Mike was saying, it's all about your attitude. Mm. So if you have a 60-year-old tree that is near your block that you're building a house on, move the house forward, backward, sideways, whatever, to accommodate a 60 year old tree takes a that's a that's a big beautiful big old tree if if you spoke to most people that were building a new house if you said to them there's a 65 year old established tree on your block it means you have to move your house one meter to the right or to the left they would vote to keep that tree yeah and if they didn't 
they're dicks. <laughs> There's <laughs> you, a headline. I like it. Hey, are you getting more people coming to all three of you saying we want to make our backyard and our garden more in that, that vein? We want to go back a little more local and natural and, and rather than just the big chunk of lawn. Well, uh, I do because people are frightened to say anything else. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't argue with you. <laughs> but, but I don't know, is it, are people taking more interest in that? Oh, look, definitely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think actually the public are way ahead often um, to our politicians on, on wouldn't looking be after. Hard, mm. would it, really? Let's face it. <laughs> look, I think, you know, biodiversity is, is creeping up the list of, of things that people care about and I think the public really want to do something. I think they've seen what's, what's happening. They're seeing things being lost. And if you look around the world, you know, they have nothing like what we have here. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, on a world scale... People are horrified to think that that we would even think about clearing primary forest. I mean, in the UK, they don't have primary forest. <laughs> we were talking to some people from the UK. We had to explain to them what we meant. <laughs> you know, I mean, we mean trees that have never, you know, just grew there and have never been cleared because all mm. their forests, all their woods are all planted trees. They're basically plantations. Mm. And, mm. and, you know, there is no original old growth forest. So they just looked at us and said, why would you ever clear that? Why would you even think about doing that? Because we don't value our we, own vegetation. We don't. We, we don't have respect for the biodiversity that's evolved on that location for mm. the last 1, 10, 200 million years. Depends mm. on where you are on the coastal plain or the yeah, hills. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, even, the, even the youngest soils, hundreds of thousands of years old, have that incredible history. And, and we, we rock in like a sort of a vandal in a church and just smash things up and... Yep rearrange things to suit our purposes and just yeah, i think it's quite tragic that we, we lack that respect for for the biodiversity which of course we're part of mm. and, and of course yeah. indigenous people did value and that's why Absolutely. they mm. lived here and that was all still here when you know when europeans came and settled yep. so yep. they did understand they did see those links and they knew how to live in the environment but not take too much mm. and they understood that there were all those linkages mm. that that for you know for all the invertebrates that were there they were dependent on certain plant species oh. to provide a food source for them and and that's it you know they've not only the invertebrate that pollinates that plant but the little invertebrate that lives on that invertebrate that I mean, the linkages are enormous. There's the wasp that parasitises the caterpillar that is the moth that fertilises the baronia that lives... You know, the, the linkages go on and on. <laughs> Nowhere else in the world do you get mm. that level of complexity. That's exactly what I was going to say. That was the example <laughs> that I was... was... I could see that, Jane, on speaking. the tip of your tongue. took the words right out in. of my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing I like about it is there's the big-scale stuff, but then there's the stuff you can do yourself. Uh, yeah. And that story you had about your friend that uh, that brought a plant in and then saw these uh, native bees for the first time and was literally jumping out of her skin. That's that's about as cool as it gets, I reckon. Yeah, and that's people love that. I mean, mm. we are always getting people things like butterflies, native bees, really really easy things to cater for if you just put the right species in. And and you know the common honey eaters, um, you know willy wagtails, all those things. Really easy for anybody to get into their garden. It's the reward. It is the reward mm. and it's great to see, you know, willy wagtails collecting the spider webs to make their the, – because they make the most – it's almost like they've had a, 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 
an architect come in and design the nest. They're the most extraordinary, beautifully precise, well-built nests. And they use spider webs, Tilly's fur, that's my dog. (laughs) (laughs) They love swooping Tilly. Um, They pillage all my koya peat pots. Oh, yes. They take all the koya out of that. And they weave these perfect cylindrical little nests. It's just glorious. I wish I could knit <laughs> now, of course, some people would be annoyed for that happening with their koya pots or whatever it was you said. Um, mm. But the other way of looking at it is, wow, I'm supporting the wagtail to make Helping its out. nest. Yeah. And yeah. okay, I've got to replace the, the koya, but yeah, that's yeah. okay. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Plenty it's more like, where that came from. Yeah, yeah. Heaps, yeah, heaps more where that came yeah. from. So it's that, it's that shift in attitude. Mm. Mm. Not that you are taking from me, but I am giving you something back. That's the shift mm. I reckon that we have to make. And in what? return, I can watch you poo. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that bird, well, Mike. That really got your attention, didn't it? <laughs> it's, it's got me. That's all I'm going to be thinking about for days. Don't worry. Every time I look out my window in the morning, if I don't see a little bird pooing, I'm going to be disappointed. You know, why the, you know why the bird takes away the, the little chick's poo, don't you? No. No. It's so it doesn't attract predators. Because if you've got a nest yeah. and there's a pile of poo below the nest, right. then all the predators go, oh, there's baby birds in that nest. Oh. I've got a, a little tail. I've got, I've got a lovely little hors d'oeuvre. Right up. <laughs> just right up there in that nest. So the predators just follow the poo. And they look at the poo and they go, mm-mm, there's a little tasty morsel up there. Yeah, this gets better. <laughs> so that's why they put that poo in their little beak and fly away with it. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Not just for fun. Yeah. Well, there might be a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever turns you want. But I should point out that when young birds do this, the poo comes out in a sort of gelatinous sack. So it's yeah, actually quite yeah, sterile. Yeah. It's in a nice, neat little bag. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's very it's, neatly done. It's very, very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. They don't have little disposable nappies. No, unfortunately not. One day, <laughs> maybe. <but> not yet. <laughs> do you know, that's what we should do. Somehow build gelatinous bag disposable nappies because then they actually would be disposable because of course disposable nappies are anything but Mm, exactly yeah no absolutely well there we are all those entrepreneurs out there yeah i could market the hell out of that product (laughs) (laughs) just saw dollar signs flash before my eyes writing that one down it's mine no i'm joking we're all gonna do it together but speaking of birds you don't even all you need is a hole in your wall Because when I bought this house, the hot water system packed it in about, I don't know, seven hours after I signed the deed and bought the place. So I had to get a new... (laughs) Yeah, woohoo! So I had to get a new hot water system in. And so they took the pipes out, the original pipes. So the holes were pipe size, whatever that is. Like, what's that, Jamie? That's... It's a small circle. Yeah, small yep. circle, about the size of your thumb. Yeah. Okay? Thumb circle. So there were two holes going into the wall, and I just never did anything about it. They're just holes in a wall. Within six months, the Pardalotes made a nest mm-hmm. along the rafter, the jarrah beam that went along the wall. I had no idea this was going on, okay? But I walked out into the laundry and I heard this chirping, and I thought, that that's actually coming from inside the wall wow 
So watch these partalotes. So they went in one hole and came out the other. And when they <laughs> came out the hole, they had the little sack in their mouth. <laughs> but they, like it's a tiny little hole. And because of where it was, there wasn't a perch or anything. The partalotes had to go like a jet landing, that <laughs> straight in the hole. There was nothing to land on to crawl in. They had to go, a <laughs> great the aerodynamics are yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, no, they're extraordinary. I think partalotes are actually a real, they're a real hero bird. They're just becoming amazingly common in the suburbs, particularly if there's eucalypts. And we've got some that nest in a little box over our garage. We literally, we walk underneath there all the time. And they, they three or four broods a year. Amazing. Oh. They just couldn't care less. But we actually put the box there because the first year... They tried to nest in a fold of carpet because, you know, our place is so tidy. We've got <laughs> folds of carpet hanging from our, you know, our, our garage. So we all see this? It's yep. carefully tidied away, I think, Mike, wasn't it? Yes, it was indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, the problem was they nested in it and then the babies keep kept falling out because the carpet was sloping. So so we'd, we'd find these poor babies on the ground, shove them back in, you know, and come out and then the next day they'd be down again. So we thought, you know... Really, is time for a nest box. So mm. we Love put this it. up, and they—they're they're fabulous and beautiful little tiny bird. Anyone can put up a parlo box. What do they look like? Oh, beautiful little um, dark tiny, beak, little bit of yellow on them. Yeah, a uh, bit of red, haven't they? Yeah, Mike? they've got a black cap with sort of white streaks, a little red patch on the sort of wrist, really, right the front of the wing. Yeah. Bit of yellow flush to the tummy, grey and black backs with white streaks on them, um, and they have lovely call, sort of twit 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 twit. Nice. Um, that's the, the common striated pardalo, and they feed mostly on lerps, little insects that live on the leaves of eucalypts. So oh. you've got a lovely little connection. If you've got the right sort of eucalypts, which support the lerps, the little scale insects that, that pardalotes live on, you get a little little food web going on. There you go. So mm. Keep your lerps. Keep your lerps. Keep your lerps, yeah. keep your lerps yeah. close. The world needs more lerps. Yeah. Yeah. I love you don't it. want loose lerps. No. no. <laughs> loose, loose lerps sink ships. That doesn't work, does it? I like it. You want it. them nice and tight on your gum trees. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it is, um, they're only, they're tiny. They're like 10 centimetres. Probably, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, I've got a few jobs when I get home. Uh, get me some lerps. Uh, roll up some carpet. Roll <laughs> up some carpet. <laughs> and I'm ready to go. Never yeah. house clean or take a spider web away ever again. I already wrote that down. Mm. Yeah, this now, is a new me. Now, spiders. Now, people have got this thing about spiders. People are frightened of spiders. Mm. And I think it's because they ne- they've never seen one under a microscope. Because they're... Amazing looking things. Mm. Like they've got banks of eyeballs, which I reckon is just the coolest <laughs> thing. I'd love to have like four eyeballs on the top of my head, you know, another couple on the side and then another row of three or four at the front. Can always dream. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know what a spider sees. Well, everything. <laughs> that many eyes. But oh. they're the coolest things to have in the garden, aren't they? Mm. Oh, yeah. Yep. And you were talking about which spider were you talking about? Oh, peacocks! Oh, that's our latest yeah, news. Now we're so what's excited. That? We we have peacock spiders. Well, in our I home. don't even know. Oh what no! That look, is. Google it. You have to Google peacock spider. Okay. Peacock spiders are tiny, literally about two millimeters. Oh, four or five. Oh, four. Okay, I'm I'm exaggerating. <laughs> four or five millimeters. But they are 
bright colours. Literally, I mean, the reason they're called peacocks is for two They've reasons. One, sort of because tail. they have mm. extraordinary colours. And the other thing is they show off. And <gasps> so they actually do an amazing dance to wow. attract the females. They wave their legs around, flip up their abdomen and flash these little colours. Wow. There are lots of different species of them. We have quite a common one around Perth, but there are lots of – they keep finding new species. And if you Google it, there are people – who film these things and, of course, put them to YMCA and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> ridiculous. As because, you so speaking of dancing, you know, if you want to see oh, next-level oh, dancing, okay. then yeah. peacock spiders are your animal. Challenge on. She did say flashing, so just, <laughs> just be careful. <laughs> it is a wedding, Mandy. Come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited the bloody peacock spider? <laughs> Jesus. So this dance you're doing is the peacock spider dance. Yeah, I can yeah, see it happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah. can, you know, I can have accoutrements that flash. Excellent. Attached somewhere. Whatever floats your boat, so <laughs> <laughs> whatever works for you. But well, like spiders, spiders are really hard working in your garden. Okay. Like mm. if you've got pests, the spiders will sort that out. Yeah. No worries at all. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all sorts of different spiders for all sorts of different pests. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, spider webs are very important for birds. But also if you've just lacerated yourself because you've been pruning something and it's bitten back at you, go and collect a spider web, whack it on the wound. Really? Yep. Okay. I'd have got no idea what it does. (laughs) (laughs) Up to that moment, you were just so convincing. (laughs) I was, I was ready. I'm not here. I'm not here next week, and it was because I got bitten by a spider, and I thought the web would heal it. (laughs) Now, in my grandmother's cookbook, it's in there. Mind you, that was, you know. That's sort of that was nineteen thirteen. Yeah, there <laughs> was probably a bit of a shortage of band aids or something. Yeah, on but the it's rations. actually in the cookbook that you know. Interesting. Right. Get the, so someone needs to lacerate themselves and try it. All right, yeah. we'll test it out. I'll be the guinea pig if you want. I'd love to do that. Go to a doctor and say, no, no, I did the spider web treatment and it healed up beautifully. Yeah, look at me. I'm completely <laughs> fine. All right, we've got something to do next week now, Sab. Whoever pulls the short straw. <laughs> Yep. They're going to have to do it. Yep. All right. Yeah. Game on. Game on. Game on. I've got plenty of spider webs. Lovely. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, it's going to be touch and go to see whether we'll be back um, next week. Uh, but it was great to have you both in. Thanks for coming around oh, for a chat. Oh, Our pleasure. Anytime. Great fun. It's fabulous. I'm, mm. going to, I'm going to check out those peacock spider moves. You yeah. bet. Yeah. <laughs> It's Sabrina Hahn, and this episode is brought to you by our very dear mates at Bentonite WA, who make very high-grade premium calcium bentonite clay, which is 100% West Australian owned and operated. So uh, you only need a very small amount, 3 to 6% in your garden bed. It's all through my garden bed. So check them out, bentonitewa.com.au.